follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Welcome, everyone, to a Four Corners podcast dark match. I'm Brad, and this week I am joined by two extra, 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 extra special guests. In fact, (laughs) one of them has been holding me up for three weeks over about five cases of Ecto Cooler, which was on his rider for appearing on this show. Uh, I'm calling you out for that, Matt. (laughs) I love Ecto Cooler. They brought it back... Two years they, ago, didn't they? They brought yeah. it back, I think, for the uh, the Ghostbusters reboot or yep, yeah, remake, however you want to describe it. Um, so yeah, like I, I think I actually bought some back in the day. Well, I mean, I loved it back in the day, but like a couple years back when they brought it back, I think I did get some. And then um, our second guest was holding me up for a case of Frankenberry cereal. Um, I'm calling you out for that one, Shad. A man's got needs, okay? Well, I would have been fine if it was Booberry. Frankenberry is the... I can find Booberry. I can find Chocula. But, man, Frankenberry's rare. Do you remember the... Uh, to go off topic before we get into it. Do you guys remember <laughs> when they had the the mummy? Which was like Yummy Mummy or something when we were yes, kids? Yes, I do. I never I ate like I... it, but I remember it. I, I don't think I ever had it, but I do remember it. I think we're too young for Fruit Brute. I know that's a big one. That was a werewolf, I think. I would almost accuse you of making it up, but I knew there was a werewolf wandering around somewhere. It was in a Quentin Tarantino movie, too, because I think he's a big fan. <laughs> God, of course it was. So anyway, this uh, this we are getting the band together for an extra special episode this week because we've been doing the Mega Powers but we wanted to talk about a show that happened this weekend, which was AEW's Fighter Fest. Uh-huh. This is AEW's second show. Uh, we were all a big fan of the first show. I think Shad finally saw the whole thing from start yep. to finish. Yep. Did your wife like um, the Cody Dustin match? She did. She liked it a lot. So there wasn't too much blood for her. Uh, no, it, no, not for her. Did she watch anything else on that show? Um, she watched, we watched Cody Dustin and she watched, um, Omega Jericho and she thought Cody Dustin was much better. So what was your reaction? I know Matt and I had hyped up Cody Dustin a lot on this show before you saw it. So with all that hype going in and finally watching it for yourself, what were your thoughts about it? I was very... Not only was it very good, but they were good in that in one of the ways I like in the you know you don't have to 
you don't have to go 90 miles an hour the whole time. They, um, you know, they, they, they took their time so you could really see it. Now, some people, I saw some people wondering about this, um, when like you're doing the match and Dustin's bleeding and he kept rubbing his forehead. My wife's like, why is he doing that? I was like, he's keeping the cut open. He, it's it's he's keeping the cut open so it's spreading it around so it covers his whole face because the cut kind of seemed to be more towards the paint side but yeah. um you know he did it did it you know it was really and Cody's post match sweat abounds you know very good very very good okay so fighter so, fest um, hey I have a problem with fighter fest by the way What's, what's I never, I never got my cheese sandwich, so <laughs> you know, we need to be clear going in. I think, I think they were upset they got a cheese sandwich instead of organic salmon. <laughs> I never even got that, so I always say salmon to piss my wife off. <laughs> <laughs> if you look the way it's it's spelled, it should be salmon. Yeah. yeah speak english it's a language that mugs other languages and goes through their pockets for nouns and verbs so yep so we start this show off with um the best friends defeated the private party and the scu of kazarian and scorpio sky to get a first round buy in the upcoming tag title tournament as far as openers go, I thought this was really strong. Well, pre-show opener. Yeah, it was the opener for the pre-show, which means it was the first thing the crowd saw. But it was really good for that. It got the crowd really invested. Um, private party. They didn't win, but they came out of this looking really good. And they got they got full-time deals announced today out of this match. They did, yeah. That that's kind of breaking news from today. Uh, I will be honest; I did not watch any of the pre-show. It wasn't on because you watched the replay, and this was not. Yeah, I watched the replay. Yeah, the pre-show is available for those who want to watch it. It is for free on YouTube, and it's pretty easily accessible. You just have to. I think I searched for like AEW Fighter Fest pre-show, and it's like the first thing that pops up in the search. But I just did not have time to watch it. I do want to watch the this uh three tag team match the triple like kind of a triple threat match i do want to watch it because i did see a lot of good reviews for it yeah yeah it's it, it is it's really good it's fun to watch um it's very enjoyable uh, now this was the only one on the pre-show i got to watch because i had to go do some family stuff before the the show itself started but this one, the the tag match was really good, and I like that. What they did is they they even had consequences for winning this, right? Yeah. They, to, to get that buy in the first round, that that made it made it kind of important, right? Well, one thing I've noticed with these first two AEW shows is they're very good at whoever wins the match. You know where they're headed next. Yeah. There's a clear uh, build. So since you didn't see the next two matches, I'll just brush over these real quick. So uh, after this, we had the librarians come out, which I think is probably the worst thing they're doing by far. It's not very good. 
So Allie came out and beat and beat Leva Bates in a pretty crappy women's match. I'm not a big fan of her. I know she's popular as blue pants, but she's not a very good worker. And then in a hardcore match, uh, Michael Nakazawa defeated Alex uh, Jabaley. Uh, this has gotten a lot of scorn online. I really didn't think it was that bad. It was just a stupid like comedy hardcore match. It was a comedy hardcore match. That means I absolutely want to go find it. Um, comedy hardcore is is wonderful because you have so much freedom, and you don't have to take everything. So, look, okay, go back to the the dude love Owen Hart comedy quote unquote hardcore matches. You have so much freedom to goof around and do silly stuff. And, and people can enjoy it and have a good time. There's someone's like, oh, you know, this wasn't a very good match. Like, oh, shut up. This was fun to watch. And if this falls into that category, I absolutely want to see it. It's, I mean, it's it's not, like, great or anything, but it's just a stupid little match with a non-wrestler, and it turned out, I, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was that terrible. So I will say that the librarian stuff was bad, and the, the mockumentary stuff was whatever. I got the humor of it. Um, and I thought some of it was funny, but like, I get why people didn't like the pre-show as much. They're trying some experimental things and I mean, it's a brand new promotion. They're going to make some mistakes like that. Yeah. Can I just add a comment to that? Because it it was the pre-show by and large wasn't well received outside of the, uh, the opening tag. Uh, but some people were being kind of ridiculous. Like I, I went on. I made the mistake of kind of after the fact going on uh, the figure four wrestling board and not to be like, oh, these people are haters, but some people were clearly haters. They were like almost like giddy. It's like, see, this proves that AEW is just going to be WWE light. They're just going to do stupid comedy matches and stuff. And it's like, okay, like not every they're they are new. They're going to try and do some stuff. And figure out what works. So this didn't work. A lot of it didn't work. But well, like the hard- they at least kept it to the pre-show. Well, like the hardcore match, though. I mean, this is essentially a house show they just decided to stream for a couple of bucks. And it was free for the United States. But the hardcore match was for the gaming convention crowd that was there. Like, that yeah. wasn't yeah. for wrestling fans. That was, like, some of the stuff is highly geared towards the crowd. And I think people need to remember, like, this was a house show. Yeah, I mean, Jabaley is is I guess a fan of wrestling and has some ties, and I guess he there's he runs, a, the, he runs that convention. Yes, and and there's a kind of an ongoing, uh, I guess, storyline feud he has with Nakazawa, but he's not a real worker. Like he's right. not. So it is just kind of like it was kind of a a bit for like you said for the convention crowd. It has no tie to anything. Yeah, and it, it was just—it wasn't for—it wasn't for wrestling fans, really. Is I think where the disconnect was there. Just look, some some goofy, uh, some goofy, fun, goofy, funny matches never hurt anything. It's not that everything you don't have to have everything be all you know. I don't want Warhammer 40k the wrestling company. 
Uh, you don't want an entirely grim dark wrestling company? No, I do not want the grim dark future. I just, for God's sakes, lighten up. Let some people goof off a little bit and have some fun. It'll make folks happy. They'll sell some merchandise. And if you don't like it, then that's your piss break. Yeah. So we kick off the show proper with uh, JR coming out. And then um, I have to say, before we really get into this, that Golden Boy guy that they had doing the third man stuff was outstanding. They should kick that Alex guy to the curb and sign Golden Boy. Uh, Golden Boy was really good. He, he was. was very good, yeah. And he, he, he had good, I thought he had a good rapport with Excalibur and he had a good rapport with JR too. And he had good timing as well. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board. Sign Golden Boy. Yeah. I am I am 100% down with that. So we kicked this off with uh, Shima defeated Christopher Daniels. And I thought the commentary really did a good job here of putting over their personal history. And like afterwards they shook hands and it wasn't like that corny stuff because they did such a good job of like <laughs> talking about their journey together as wrestlers. But Think about this. This was a 41-year-old and a 49-year-old man in the ring together, and they kept a really quick pace for what I thought was a strong opener. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job. I think Daniels is actually bringing his A game. Like I think he's shown a marked improvement with AEW over like some of his like late Ring of Honor stuff. I've heard the rumor that he was considering retiring before the AEW stuff showed up. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it shocks me when he's 49. He just doesn't feel like he should be 49. I, he doesn't look like it either. <laughs> it, it doesn't look like he's aged for a long time, you know? And I, I have to admit, like, uh, Shima's one of my favorite guys. So this was, yeah. this was a great match for me. Shima uses a move that I always like really enjoyed to an unreasonable i love i i can't even tell you why but i love the iconoclasm i just think it's a great move and i can't i i can't i can't even put my finger on why i just i really like it i think i think out of a lot of signings they've made shima's probably one of the smartest moves that they made he brings so much with him with the um the uh you know the the guys he's training yeah, uh, O-W-E. Yeah. Oh, well, I was just saying, like, that's a great connection. Like, just linking up with uh, O-W-E, the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Um, some of those guys are former, like, Dragon Gate guys. Uh, but to the extent that they're not, like, if he actually brings over some of the kind of homegrown Chinese talent that he's training, I'm really super curious to see that. And I think, we've talked about it before, like, Having them in there, it's almost like back in the day when WCW was, uh, they had all of those AAA uh, luchadors coming in. Or they may, maybe it was like CMLL. I can't forget who they had a partnership with, but it was kind of bringing them in. Like they, they were unique, they were different, but they could also have really great, strong matches on the undercard. And that's kind of what AEW will need going forward when they start having TV. Yeah. I would love to see them like a regular presence. Like I don't know how often because when you're bringing in foreign talent, I'm not sure exactly how much access you're going to have with them. But I don't know. Sure, they could they could do tours. I imagine. 
I think Shima will be fairly nor- fairly regular because he's. Yeah, I would agree. He's wrestling Omega next month, isn't he? Or he is. in two weeks. That's gonna. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. Uh, for uh, is he? I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. They think because he did get the win here to go into that match. I think so. I think he is. That is something that we can touch upon it, I guess, a little bit more, but what I did notice throughout the entire card that I'm really very hopeful is that they are paying very close attention to wins and losses. They kind of said that they were going to make wins and losses matter and the way they're booking people, and I really kind of got that feeling here. There's there's something they did later that really drove home that they're serious about it yeah and we can go into that but i just i generally like that because it they they did very well with two things one setting up future matches and two keeping the guys that they want to keep strong like strong and it just contrasts like that booking with the, the booking that the wwe has had for quite some time now where it's this parody booking if you even get that where guys trades with trade wins and losses so much that you don't even care anymore. Like they, you, right. you get to a blow off match and it's like, I don't care. I've already seen this match like a hundred times already. Yeah. And they've traded, they've traded wins so much that I don't even care who comes out ahead. Or if you even get that, the other time is what the WWE does is that you just have a guy just completely bury the guy he's facing. And yeah. then if the other guy happens to win, you're like, well, what do I, what do I care about this? You spend all this time burying him, or even yeah. if he doesn't win, if you have the guy who's been burying win the blow off, it's like, well, he beat a guy he like, supermaned into oblivion. Right. So what do I care? Yeah. But this is like refreshing. It's like great to see them actually care and pay close attention to the booking. I don't know who's officially booking this. I imagine it's like the elite guys. Maybe it's like a. I would imagine Janela's got some. Really. <laughs> What I have heard is that it's the elite guys, and I think Christopher Daniels is in with them. But well, there really, may have been another name I can't think Joey of. Joey Janela probably has some input. It's probably like a, a group of them, yeah. But they're they're being very smart thus far. We will see how they actually play with that when it's you know weekly booking for the TV show, because that will get obviously a little more complicated. But so far, so good. <laughs> Yeah. Um. One. Can I add one more thing about this uh, Daniels uh, Shima match? Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved all the references to Curry Man. Yes. <laughs> although I'm not. Although guys, I'm not sure why they brought him up because we all, as we all know, Daniels is not Curry Man. They're two completely <laughs> no, different people. No. They're that's that's yeah. It is a totally gross, different. It is a gross fake lie. Right. They're the same person. <laughs> Propaganda. It is propaganda. So up next, um, a, a the first meme from AEW is born in our next match. Sariho <laughs> <laughs> defeated Nyla Rose and Yuka Sakazaki. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yes. That that for some reason, like the way that A Z that K A Z just screws me up every time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, I had a question, Brad. You might know this better than anyone. They're not really pulling from any one Joshi Fed, are they? Because I think Riho is like Ice Ribbon, and then Yuka is like a different company, or vice versa. I think um, 
I think outside of like stardom and like, like I think mo- I think there's a lot of freelancers. So the the way Joshi works, I think most companies have their core like five to ten mm-hmm. uh, wrestlers, and then like the rest of it's just gaijin and freelancers. So they might just be pulling a lot of freelancers, but it's hard to tell. Like I don't I don't I outside of stardom and Sendai girls. I don't know modern Joshi as well as I should. Yeah, and I know, I think, I mean, are these girls all just kind of being brought over by Kenny? Probably. Is he kind of like the liaison because he has a lot of ties there? Probably. I, well, you know, they, have, they signed um, Shida, so she might be yeah. giving some input on that now, too. Hikaru Shida, who I think actually could be a big star. Um, you know... I, I don't know if they can, but I would love to see. I would love to see them have a partnership with like Stardom because Stardom has a lot of really good workers that they yeah. can pull. I don't know if they could play that though because I think I think Stardom is actually booking people who have ties to the WWE. I think they've been booking like Tony Storm and stuff like that. Uh, they, I don't and know, I know if they've booked her since she signed with WWE. I know they've worked with ROH in the last year. They have, and one of the people that, uh, one of the the Joshi wrestlers who worked the MSG show for Ring of Honor was Hana Kimura. I've mentioned her before. Like she, I think, would be a huge talent. Like they'd do really well to sign her or, or trying to get her on some shows. But I think um I think Mayu Iwatani would be big over here if someone mm-hmm. pushed her too. And I uh, well actually Ka- Kagatsu ah, I can't say it now. We'll, get, we'll just move on. But this, um, what did you guys think of this match? I, it was interesting to me because basically what I saw was Riho and and Yaka. I'm I'm just going to use the uh, Yuka. I'm just going to use those names so it's easier. Working so hard around Nyla, yeah, to make this good. Now we were. Brad and I were going back and forth because we were watching this live. I know Matt had to go back to it later. But Nyla has a lot of potential. Nyla's, I think Nyla's problem is that Nyla's not thinking. Nyla is thinking and takes a step, stops to think, takes a step, stops to think. Instead of... um, Oh, I think that it's it was uh like there were some spots when when Riho and Yuko were working together. Was that the one I'm, I referenced to you, Brad, or was it was it in the next in the next? No, it was in the next match. Like uh, the the reference I had in the next match is Jimmy Havoc did this thing of one two three moves together. Then he does another move to go into a pinfall attempt, which sets the next guy in. So instead of Nyla thinking, I do this. When I do this, it's going to lead into this. Nyla's just like, I do this. I'm done doing this. Now, what do I do next? I will do this. And there's just this. It's it's so start and stop that it's 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 kind of tough to. Um... I was I was really writing Nyla Rose off until she did that absolute it. And I'm saying this move was absolutely fucking sick. That knee drop off the top rope. 
Yes, I wrote that in my notes. That knee strike from the top rope was With. brilliant. I loved it. And wasn't Riho like hanging in the ropes for that? Yeah. Yeah. That was I, she. I was writing her off, and then she did that. I'm like, okay, like, okay, like I'm gonna, you know. You got my attention with that, and then she started doing some cooler stuff. I did feel this match got better as it progressed. Yeah. Um, I think that I do agree with the criticisms about Nyla. Um, I almost hate criticizing her too much because I, I think the issue, like Chad she's is pointing green. out, she's. I think she's pretty green and she needs more seasoning. Um, I think she needed kind of a that, year before she signed with them. Yeah, I don't think it's insurmountable, but it, again, I think Shad brings up good points where it's like she she needs to string a bunch of stuff together, and she's not quite there yet. And not that she won't get that get to that point, but right now she's still kind of figuring it out, and it's, it's like she it, she's about to be on a national stage. She kind yeah, of already is. Yeah. I, I can't blame her for signing when she had the opportunity, no. but on the other hand, yeah. it's like. You're going to see – you see guys in other places, um, <clears throat> you go, okay, we've got – you know, you'll know, you see people do spots, and you're like, oh, he's going into this sequence where it's a one, two, three thing. There's a reason people do that, is that they've done that so many times that they string it together and do the automatic stuff because it gives them time to think about the next thing they're going to do while they're doing that. She also has the Seth Rollins problem of she doesn't project, like, a personality very well. Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. And, but I think, I think she can learn that. And I will say when she lost, like, she actually did show some personality in that moment. Yeah. Like, she played that pretty well. Um, I know I'm talking about a lot about this, but whenever we get talking about green folks, uh, um, I, I see a lot of that because you know, I, I, I was that. Um, her, she needs to hone her gimmick down a little bit because she, if 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 her moniker is the native beast, okay, I'm gonna make an assumption that there's there's Native American heritage there and stuff like that, which I think with the gear from Double or Nothing, that's a fair guess to make. It is, but she she is Native American. She, okay. she at least has Native American heritage. Yes. Okay, so she comes out to the ring for this one, I guess because of the gaming convention, kind of dressed like Melina or Katana from one of the early Mortal Kombat games, and with a skull like face mask on, not a full face mask, but like the the bandana cover thing. And it's like I don't you're. You, you're trying to do too many gimmicks in one go. It's another. It's another. It, it's something that that people who are green do a lot. Is they try and do all of this stuff because they think it's cool instead of honing it down, and and you know finding the things that make them stand out. And then you know I call that pulling a Marty scroll. I'm not familiar enough with scroll to to uh, agree or disagree with that. Matt will know what I'm talking about. He likes him better than I do, but it's a valid criticism. Mm. I just think, like, it really showed the, the gap between her and the Joshi girls because they had very defined personality, mm-hmm. and um, they are very crisp, and they projected, like, their expressions better because 
a lot of people came away and it is kind of become a meme but the the yuka sad face after she helped her <laughs> after she helped rio out after the after she won the match and nyla attacked her and then mm-hmm. rio just like pushed her down yeah, yeah. oh yeah. her face looks so sad yes <laughs> he just like no no magic girl don't be sad it, she looks like a, a puppy that you've scolded. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and you have to do that because it's not just for the TV. You're also doing it for the arena. She looks so heartbroken. It's like when Riho pushed her, it's like the look of betrayal. Like, why? <laughs> just not understanding. It, it was, yeah. it, it was, it, this was actually, I thought this was a solid match so far. Um, I've thought their women's division has been better than the WWE's. You know, I can't argue on that. I mean, they haven't had as much time to do stuff, so no. But they sooner sooner or later, stuff's not going to go right. Their workers feel like they have a little more personality and variety. I think they made it a point to do that from the beginning. So. Yeah. So up next, we had four-way action. Um, Hangman Page defeated MJF, Jimmy Havoc, and Jungle Boy. So we have to get into some of the before-match shenanigans because MJF came out and cut um, cut a promo on the crowd before this, which probably got our second um, our second meme of the night because... Did you guys catch that guy's reaction like they caught like Yes. Yes. It was it was on the the it was on the same scale as that guy reacting to Brock Lesnar beating Undertaker. <laughs> just the, That was the perfect cut. Just, I don't know who spotted that guy, but it was perfect. Just the disappointment and the he cut way too deep on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is going to sound mean, but that guy looks like someone that would have cut too deep on. Yeah, because so, so pretty much MJF says, like, I, I don't remember what he said to lead into the 600-pound life um, crack, but that one is really good. And then when he was like, hey, it's okay, guys. Like, I used to love video games, and then I lost my virginity. Yeah. And what I thought was brilliant about this is MJF really went for really low-hanging fruit and easy cracks, but... He's so good that he he made it work. He's very good at taking the low hanging fruit and 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 carrying it off, right? I mean, it, there are some people. It's like I'm gonna do the, you know, this is an easy crack here, or something. So you just throw it out there, and it's like, uh. But then the other side to it is it, it's the inverse of the cheap pop. You you can't just throw a cheap pop out there and expect it to be great. And MJF does it well enough that he, it's it you know severely pisses people off. Well, I think too were because it was more of a gaming crowd and his promo was designed to kind of go after a different group of people. I think going low hanging fruit was the best because then you get that guy like like you said where it just cut a little too deep. So I think like it yeah. actually worked better because he went for the easy stuff, but that pissed the crowd off more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, he was really mean about it, and 
I laughed so much watching that. And then, and then my my other favorite part before we got to the match is Jungle Boy comes out and rides Luchasaurus to the ring. That was an awesome entrance. Yeah, and they really have something like with them as a team. A boy and his dinosaur. Yes. <laughs> I think I read that book when I was a kid. Jungle Boy is really good, though. I like. I think. I think he's gonna be a key because he could be like that young baby face to really draw yeah. the crowds in. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, he's he's got a lot of good pieces that come together. Yeah. And so the winner of this will face Sabian at the Fight for the Fallen. Is that what the next show is called? Yes. Okay. So this was, I thought this was pretty solid. Um, this was the match you were talking about, Shad. I think you were talking about um, Havoc's, like, what was it, like, Face Buster kind of move? It, he did the sequence in the corner and then took it into the Face Buster. And... Um, and that whole thing, it was, he did this sequence in the corner, brought it out into the face buster, which was a way to, uh, I think it was a way to, uh, I can't remember who he did it to, but it was a way of, of pulling someone else back into the ring. Because with a four-way match, you're going to have people rotating in and out, and it was a way to set up an opening for someone to come back in. Yeah. And what I liked that the Jimmy Havoc did here is he he wrestled this totally straight, no foreign objects or anything to really... So, you know, because he was kind of noted for the staple gun in the first match. So yeah. what I liked here is he came out and pretty much said, like, just so you know, like, I don't have to do that stuff. I can yeah. just wrestle. Yeah. And he did a great job. Yeah. Uh, I like that he doesn't have to. Yeah, and I also thought, like, because he's... So Adam Page pretty much beat him to win the match which i thought was kind of obvious but like it shows with it shows that they were thinking about those wins and losses like matt said yeah yeah they wanted to keep jungle boy strong they clearly wanted to keep uh mjf strong Mm -hmm. as they should because they very easily become their number one yeah i i really like this match because I mean, I liked the match. I thought it was a good match, but I just was more impressed by everything around the match. Like, all four of these guys are different characters, and they're unique, and they feel, like, fresh, and they feel interesting. And I hate to make these comparisons again, because I did it before when we were kind of talking about Double or Nothing, but it does remind me a lot about WCW, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, I'm I'm bringing it up because it's like WCW had its own unique flavor. And I think they are trying to go for more of like a Southern style mm-hmm. here with AEW. But I just, I feel confident in that if they are kind of like WCW, I mean it in the best possible way where WCW clearly had like their own thing, but they had, at least when they were really hot, they had unique characters. They had their own style and things were clicking yeah, and I think there's all that potential there. Like you need you need standout individuals and characters, which I think they have, and you need good wrestling, which they also have. Um, and I think they need to set themselves apart from the WWE. And the way I think they're going to do that, not just with unique characters and good wrestling, but also like strong booking. 
I think all the tools are there. And this kind of like reminded me. It's just you have four characters. Each character is different, but yeah. they each had their own motivations, and they were they were all in some ways kept strong. Like even even though Havoc is the one who took the pinfall, like he did some awesome stuff in the match, and you could clearly like slot him into another match with another character, have him in a feud with someone. Because right now we're just like you said, we're just kind of seeing almost like one-off shows. They are building towards future matches, but it doesn't matter per se. It's like when we get to actually TV show, I presume they'll actually have ongoing feuds and stuff. But you could clearly put any of these guys into feuds with people, and it's believable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I enjoyed out of this, like you said, someone has to, um, someone's got to win, right? And they're building Paige up. To face Jericho, okay, uh, I get that, right? No problem. But it didn't make anybody else look bad to lose here. Um, that was what was interesting to me. Like you said, Havoc took the fall, but he didn't look like a chump out of it. No, so, I don't think so. Um, that was, and and I, I I don't think Jungle Boy got to do quite as much as a, I, I might have liked to have seen him do. He got to do some really cool stuff. But I, I wish I could have seen him, you know, get a chance to do a little bit more. But that's okay, too. You know, it, it, he still got to look cool. Um, it, was, it was just good. Um, Adam, you know, Paige, I think, is they're, they're building him into being a big deal. He feels like a big deal. Like, he's not my favorite, but they've done a good job of, like, making him look like he's a big deal. Like I, I guess what his his front flip lariat's called a buckshot lariat. I I mean that I guess that fits with with the the cowboy gimmick he's got going. I don't love his finish. I don't hate it either. I just kind of it's just kind of there for me. But I think Paige is on the way. I don't he I don't think he's quite there. And so, but I I, I like what they're doing. I like how they're going about it, and I like how they're building. My my problem with Adam Page is his um, AEW music is like a ripoff of um, I can't think of the movie now, but it was like the opener to Opie and Anthony forever. So I just think about Opie and Anthony when he's like the good, ba- out. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ecstasy of gold. Yeah, it's okay, like a, it's, it's like a ripoff of that. And I, that's and I'm just like, man, you guys should just pay and like actually have him come out to that. See, here's the thing: Ecstasy of Gold is great, but to me, that doesn't sound enough like Ecstasy of Gold for it to be a good reference. And then the other side is, I don't think it sounds. Yeah, that's Ecstasy of Gold. But when it when it kicks into its thing, it sounds kind of like his music. It. Yeah, but I think Paige yeah. needs a little more. Western in his music for his gimmick. I, they should just pay to get that. Like I think that would be a good. You couldn't go like with the, uh, with it from the start, but when it like kicks in, like I think that would be fine for him as a song. Oh yeah, well the, here's the real th- song they should have for him. <laughs> you guys have had ever heard the song by now. Oh okay. Okay. You know yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Paige's even like made a joke about this. 
Old Town Road. Yeah, I, I think he just, it. his music's not bad, but whenever you come out with the cowboy gear on and your video is, it, it looks like, it looks like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, um, uh, the credit sequence, the, the yellow horse running on a red background with kind of the choppy animation. I just want a little more Western in it. I, it's, I, it's really they are going for that, I think, with his music and the, the graphics. So. That song for me isn't intrinsically tied to the movie. Like, I was familiar with the song separately from the movie. Okay. So, so up next, we have Cody versus Darby Allen, who is making mm. his AEW debut this went to the 20 minute time limit and i thought personally this was probably the best match of the night and um i think they made a good choice using aubrey edwards for this because the way she did the count like at the end that could have gotten really badly and she managed to pull off the count without hesitating which made it look good yeah oh yeah there's no question. And where whatever like this is Cody hurts his hand and then when Allen would get on offense, he would just he would just attack his hand like a rabbit animal. What I mm-hmm. love is when he had like Cody's hand and he just started headbutting it. Yeah. I think he punched his hand at one point too. This match was extraordinarily interesting. Uh I I don't know who it was, but somebody made the comparison that Darby Allen could be this generation's Jeff Hardy, and I thought about that. And the more I thought about that, I think there actually is something to it. Like they, he's a really unique personality and a really unique character, and I think they clearly want to build him to be a big star because Cody is obviously like a big star in this company, and they didn't have him, they didn't have Darby Allen lose. No. He went to a 20-minute draw with with Cody Rhodes. Uh, and at points where he was, you know, definitely working over Cody. So yeah. they clearly see something in him. I think they do have something in him. He's he's very unique, and I could see people getting behind him. I, I think this was a criticism I saw online, and I think it's not, it's not off. They should probably dial it back a little bit, like, they're going pretty heavy on the he's a dark soul like he he's gone through a lot uh he's a weird skateboarding kid it's like just kind of dial back on all of that I thought a little they bit mixed that in well though with like he's a very like determined individual and he said he wants to do this and he wants to do that and like he tends to work hard and get there so i think they like counterbalanced it with some like different aspects mm-hmm I liked, man, Excalibur did a great job doing the background in this. I thought Excalibur did a great job doing a very quick synopsis on um, on Darby. I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that it's... It, 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 if, if it's going to be Darby's thing that he's... You know, I don't want to. He's not. He's not emo or anything. But he's kind of got some of that dark going on. And then he's. Uh, he, he basically he he gets some wins by enduring and outlasting. That's really fascinating to me. Um, I I also thought they counterbalanced it too. Like they did the dark thing, but there was also like a definite element that they sold of, like he just does not give a fuck about anything. Right. 
I was getting more of a nihilist feel, yeah. which I think is that's what they good, were going for. That's actually for. a really great word for it, is he's a nihilist. Yeah, and that's... Interesting. that's okay, here's... here's Darby Allen. He's probably never going to hear this, but dude, I have got to say this on the off chance you might. I know you do good work, man. I know that you're 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 going out there and you're working hard and you're trying to do your own thing, and that's great. But for God's sake, the coffin drop from to the to the apron. What's he care? It's like, listen, please wear knee pads, okay? This is this is coming from someone who's been there. For God's sake, man, I want you to be able to walk whenever you hit forty. That that coffin drop spot was. Oh. Cringing. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Because I thought he ate. Because like it, the he did that one bump early, but man, he ate shit so hard on that coffin drop. Yeah, yeah. And and that's not even going into the one where like that one that bump he took on the ring steps. Yeah, man. Oh, I had to oh, show just, my wife it, the coffin drop because I was just because but the it didn't have a good sound because like. The thunk he made when he hit that ring apron. <laughs> it was some... a dull thud, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's been some criticism of him. Uh, I know, like, Meltzer and Alvarez were talking about it. Like, Darby Allen, he's physically small. Yeah. Um, I don't personally think that that's that can be overcome. Like, that, that's not, a, like, a deal breaker. Yeah, I mean, he is Shawn he Michaels is was small as fuck when he was wwe champion compared to everyone else great mysterio yeah yeah and uh, yeah i i I don't think it's there i think people are kind of making a lot of that because he is on the smaller side he cody did look visibly bigger than him yeah but he's not not, i think the other thing with darby though is he's only like what 22 he's very young yes so he doesn't quite he's early 20s yeah so like the thing is like he's gonna fill out a little bit when he gets his man body like at 23 and 24 so i mean that might naturally fix itself a bit i think again it's more about the character like that's that's what actually matters like yeah and i think he again what AEW needs it they can't just if they really want to stand out and be us the big number number two it can't just be like we're or even like Ring of Honor, like well, we're an indie promotion. It's like no, you have to, you have to have like unique, well-defined characters who people actually want to turn on and see. And I think they have something like that with him. Yeah. They have something like that with MJF, with Jungle Boy, even with Luchasaurus. Like that's it's all unique and different. That if you're looking for like an alternative to the WWE, you're gonna gravitate towards that. Or if you're someone who's like a casual fan who stopped watching maybe you're gonna come back and be like these are really interesting characters and he's he's interesting the promos that they have done with him kind of hyping him up yeah have been fascinating he okay i I agree with you i think the 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 fact that he is this the fact that he's rather um bony little fella works with the nihilist gimmick Mm -hmm. right like it, it 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 fits, you know, because you put all that stuff together and you'd be like, oh, it wouldn't surprise me if the guy starves himself, too. And yet, you know, he's in great shape. Just, God, man, please get some knee pads. I know I harped on it already, but please. 
<laughs> so then what happens next was probably the most talked about part of this weekend. So Sean Spears comes in and hits Cody in the head, like with a chair. So, mm-hmm. and so pretty much what happened here, the word that I think got to Meltzer is the chair was gimmicked, but it hit Cody like on some fluky thing with like the hard back end. So Cody got his head like chopped open pretty solid on this yeah. chair shot. And um Yeah, so he was bleeding pretty good. Like all these people like come out. Uh MJF comes out, which was a little weird, but I've heard like they kind of explained that well and he was still kind of being a douche, but Yeah. The Yeah, I don't know if Cody is going to be established as a heel in AEW. Uh, maybe they are, but they, in storyline purposes, they have been, MJF has been hyped up as like, Cody is my mentor. Uh, and they've even, he's even posted photos on like social media, like on Twitter and things like that of him, like hanging out at Cody's house, like in his pool. So they're clearly trying to, to, to establish that these two have some sort of relationship. And that's that's fine. That actually adds some some depth to who uh, you know to to who MJF is, and then him being mad that you know basically his hero had that happen to him makes sense too. Um, but he was doing so some I, good. I like that. Fine. He was doing some good stuff though. Is like he was like he was like to the faces that came out. He was like he'd be like, "Don't touch him." Yeah, like he was. He was being very Hogan-esque with uh, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, um, okay, the word that I got, or the that I've read, yeah, it's not like I have people call me up to give me a, the scoop, but the, the Bucks and JR both said that the chair was supposed, to, the seat of the chair was gimmicked. Yeah, and it, but they caught, but it caught him he, with, like, the, the rim of the, the chair. The back, yeah, the, yeah. the, the the, the back of it where it was gimmick and wrapped around because here's the thing chair shots to the head are haven't been kosher for a long time and when they have people are putting their hands up which they should have been doing the whole time because if you see a shot coming then why wouldn't you try and do that cody's hands were down and you know would the group of us that were talking about it is watching it we're just like what the hell was this it it made sense after the fact because I think it was supposed to be fairly minimal risk because the part that was supposed to hit him. Yeah, the seat being yeah. gimmick. Suddenly this makes a lot of sense, but. And I think what happened is if you watch it in slow-mo, he flinches, I think, as a natural reaction. So I think like, I think it was just a fluke of he flinches and that allowed the the chair to catch him weirdly on the head. Yeah, but this yeah, is a, I can agree with that. But this is a lesson to everyone: don't take unprotected chair shots to the head. No, that's that's worse than not wearing and, knee pads. And if you're squeamish, don't watch it. It's brutal. It is. It's because mm-hmm. even the thud it made was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. But thankfully, he didn't suffer a concussion. Well, with it being gimmicked, then I. I'm on board. Just, I hope they don't do it again because then people are going to get the idea that they can do it too, and they won't gimmick the chair. I think, I think, I think with it going wrong is just going to be a, you know, hey, like 
that's not cool. Like we shouldn't have done yeah. that. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. I will agree with you, Brad, that this, for me, this, this thing with Cody here was the, um, I would call it the high point of, of the show, this whole sequence, the thing with, with Darby and then the, the angle with Spears afterward, because that's the thing with Darby was really good. And then the angle with Spears, obviously, I just, I think that that was the, that was the high point of the show. I um, I find it weird to be saying this, but I think Cody's had the best two matches in AEW so far. Yeah, I agree I, with that. I probably liked uh, the six man that came after this, the the elite and then the triple A guys better, but. This was a really compelling match, and it was a, I thought it was a really, really good match. So and I will say that I didn't notice it until this match, but I love that they're doing the old school five minutes left in the match. Oh, you didn't notice that? I noticed it with this match, but, and then I noticed it afterwards, but I didn't pick up on it until this match. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because it reminded me of something that uh, JR said in the first match, the the first official match, Daniels and Shima, mm-hmm. where he was talking about how like Daniels or it, it was something like uh, he brought up, oh, like he's not going to get the winner's share of the purse. And I marked out. I'm like, that's something that he used to say back in WCW. Mm-hmm. But and it's a very kayfabe thing. But I loved it. It's like, yeah back in the day like the kayfabe thing was whoever wins gets more money because it's it's you're presenting this as a quote-unquote real yeah. competition so the winner gets more money than the loser you don't get paid the same yeah like and obviously like we know kayfabe is dead but they're kind of bringing it back for that and like those little tidbits like i love it like as hokey as it was i think I've talked about this in the podcast before. As hokey as it was, I kind of liked back in early 90s WCW when they would do those like power rankings. Yeah. And it's like so-and-so uh, Arn Anderson has moved up U.S. title soon. It's like this is like this is a real uh, promotion. Yeah. You're fi- like wins and losses have consequences. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it gives you so much more to work with because even if you're in this if you're doing those power rankings, you don't have to be like, oh, gosh, we want to do this with this guy, but what do we do? It's just like, just have him moving up the power rankings. Have him, have him win some matches for, you know, three, four weeks. We move him up the power rankings, and then we can do it with him. Yeah. And it's it's that easy. It's, it's another tool. So... I'm I'm a big fan. I knew you marked out whenever Jr. mentioned the uh, the winner's purse thing. I was like, Matt's freaking out. And I know. To go back to well, the Cody and Darby Allen thing, this really hit home that they are serious about wins and losses mattering. Because when's yeah. the last time that you can think of that there was a time limit draw, like with this kind of importance behind it? And people being good with that being the finish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So up next, we have our main event of the evening as Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeated the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. The last official match. It's the main yes. event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
okay, I've got to admit something, and this has been in my head since I watched this on Saturday. Because I didn't know about this before this match, and Brad told me that this was a regular thing, but, you know, Kenny's in there, he gets the hot tag, he's going wild. The Bucks are on the uh, on the outside, and they start stamping out the beat to the Terminator theme on the apron, and the, the clouds, crowd's clapping along. I am so pissed off about that because that is such a great idea and I didn't think of it and I thought about using Terminator music for my last run in an idea of what I was thinking to do and I didn't do it and now I hear this is being done and damn it, I'm mad that I didn't think of it first. Okay, I gotta get. I had to get that off my chest. So you're Sorry. saying you're mad about that but you're not mad that you had someone lay in the entranceway and you were just there dressed as Akuma after the lights came back up? Dude, that was that was awesome. I di- I didn't know who the dude that ran up there with them was, but then you had <laughs> you had the Akuma thing. I saw Ryu and Ken, and the guy running. I'm like, why is that guy running up there? And then they shut the lights off, and like I was like, oh wait a minute, Kenny's doing Akuma, and so it made sense. But... And I love that they did the Hadouken spot. <laughs> yes. side story um my buddy earlier my buddy i may have mentioned it off air the buddy of mine for his um bachelor party we orchestrated this with his fiance because she you know she was networked in with the um the echoes that he had at his house we came to kidnap him for his bachelor party and we got her to play that right before we busted in we all came in wearing leather coats and sunglasses with airsoft guns said come with us if you want to live drug him outside threw him in my car and took off nice so so this is i think i've seen laredo kid before but he did some he was he had some spring in his step mm-hmm yeah, he did. Uh, Art, I think I've asked this question before, but I, I don't know if the answer. But have they officially signed the Lucha Brothers to a deal, or is it just like a... I don't think so yet. I don't think they're on the roster page. The roster page is usually for official signees. I mean, they should work out some sort of deal with them where obviously they can take other bookings if they want to, or continue to take bookings with AAA. But uh, yeah, they should absolutely sign the lucha brothers if they haven't they, and 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 laredo kid yeah. laredo kid was fantastic I, I i have to say i i love it every single time when pentagon stops the match so he can take his gloves off mm-hmm. and just the drama that he puts behind it yeah you know impact has done a lot with pentagon and i have I don't see any reason why AEW can't just use that same playbook. Yeah. Like, again, I keep pushing, like, they need defined characters. You could literally slot Pentagon into a top spot. You could have him challenge for the title. Oh, yeah, definitely. Down the road. Like, he is so charismatic. He's very over. He's a tremendous worker. And I've mentioned before, like, I've seen these guys in person. 
not just like watching a match. I mean, I've been at like a table where they're selling merch and these guys, you know, they, they may be Mexican born raised, but like they, their English is damn near perfect. Like if it's an issue of like cutting promos, both him and Phoenix can cut, but both Pentagon and Phoenix can cut promos in English, like great English. And, uh, so they have, they're like a total package. Yeah. And Pe- Pentagon's versatile. Like if you put him in there with plunder, he does just as good. Mm-hmm. It's like this stuff. Hey, uh, Shad. Yes. So this, these two matches have probably been your first like real exposure to Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. What do you think of them after seeing them in like twice in a relatively short period of time? I mean, they're very good. Um, me, me seeing them, they're you know they're working with the Bucks, and so I would kind of like to see them working with somebody else just to kind of round out the experience. You guys have been talking; they're very good. That's pretty obvious. I just I'd like to I'd like to see a little more in order to kind of get a more complete picture. That's fair. So this was I thought this was this was a strong match, as always. I mean. I I don't think I've seen many buck matches that weren't good. Yeah. And um I, you know they they do a good job of like selling their rivalry. I thought Kenny added some nice stuff and him and Pentagon doing stuff together was a nice novelty to me at least. Okay. So, um then we officially we have Justin Roberts and I, I, I don't know what you guys think about the next part, but uh, I, I, I really thought this was great, and I love the touch of this. So Justin Roberts comes up and pretty much says, show's over, like, we are not endorsing this next match. Mm-hmm. So we're ending the show, but there is one more match. Right. So then we, we have uh, Joey Janela come out, and then I don't know why I was shocked by this, but John Moxley's music hits, and he comes out. And I was just shocked. Like, he got, like, way beyond a reaction of anyone else that night, and the crowd had been pretty hot. No, he is legit a superstar. Yeah. And it was... He, and he seems like a big deal. Yeah. Because he, he was walking to the ring, and I'm like... And then it hit me. I'm like, holy shit, they have the hottest act in pro wrestling right now. He pretty much is. I mean, at least in in North America, really. I mean, I I don't think it's unfair to say in the world. Like he, New Japan obviously has their own big stars, but in the grand scheme of things, like Moxley is probably the biggest thing right now. And like no one is hotter. Like they, the WWE did have like hotter acts in the last year. Uh, I think Becky at one point was really hot, but they've cooled her and so many others. Yeah, yeah. So badly, Moxley just seems like a big deal. He seems. Like you're you're getting, you don't know what you're gonna get with him. You know you're gonna get a good match, but like you don't know what sort of crazy stuff he's gonna be doing. Well, and th- he's th- instantly like he is just hot. He's hot. Like, you know what it reminded I, me of? Mm-hmm. His reaction reminded me of Bailey at her height in NXT. Yeah, like that level of like reaction. Like it because and I I don't know why I was so shocked because he got a big reaction at Double or Nothing, but like when he came out, it was just like. Oh wow! Like that is a huge pop. Yeah. Uh, quick plug for our Twitter. <laughs> I did post this <laughs> photo a while back, um, but uh, I was at Double or Nothing as we've talked about. I was there with uh, my good buddy Damien, and we were standing. I was uh, the second seat into the row, 
And when Moxley made his debut, he came down our aisle. And there is a photo that's out there on the internet, and I, I, I posted it on our, our Twitter. But it is a photo you can see, like me and Damien, as Moxley is walking down, and I'm just like mouth open, like in shock. And I did, been kind of suspected he was him, right? Yeah. And that only like contributed to that. Like that's kind of what set him off is like the the steam building. And here it's like he's everyone accepted him as a big deal. Yeah. And I also could just a side note, like I actually liked his um his ring gear here. Yeah, I did too. And New Japan, he's just you know he has kind of like a more they kind of look like bicycle shorts. Yeah, it's like more of like more a classic look. Yeah, basic. But here he he looks intense. Like he's got like the tactical gear on basically but not not obviously like shield ish yeah it, mm-hmm. so there there's a promo they did on social media for this match so it's it's john moxley backstage and joey janela like walks up to him and lights a cigarette and john moxley like looks at him takes the cigarette out of his mouth and then starts smoking it and then janela just like confusedly walks away yeah but this um, this is um this match came off to me like John Moxley said, like, oh, you think I'm wacky, Vince? Like, I'm going to show you wacky. Yeah. It, <sighs> that's a that's a great point. I'm sorry to cut you off, Shad. But that's all right. Again, this is he was such a big deal in this. And it, it does highlight that Vince just did not. This is what you could have had. Yeah. Obviously not the level of violence we saw in this match. But you could have had a guy who could have been much bigger than he was yeah like he should have been like they could have gone with moxley even over reigns but if you're not going to do reigns like at least over seth rollins god help him i'm not even a anti-seth rollins person yeah but moxley has the charisma and he has he understands like the character he wants to portray and if you well if you just got out of his way like there is a hint of danger to him that makes him interesting. Because when he came out for this, like, it's a different guy. It was like, wow, this guy is not someone, like, I would want to fuck around with. Yeah. Right. What were you going to say, Shad? Uh, part of what I think, well, to go off the direct point, can you imagine what his Mania match with Lesnar could have been like if people would have been willing to do something. If Lesnar would have been willing to be covered in thumbtacks. No, you don't even have to go that far. All you got to do is let Lesnar pitch him around for a while, pitch him through tables, pitch him through ladders, you know, all that kind of stuff. Have him get up and keep coming back to the point where Lesnar's like, what do I have to do to kill this guy? And then finally put him away. And what do you do? Lesnar doesn't look hurt by it at all, but mock, you know, Ambrose at the time Moxley would look just absurdly tough out of it. The other thing I was going to say is I think part of why he's so hot right now has to do with both his entrance into AEW at the end of Double or Nothing and his uh, podcast with Jericho. You put those two things together and people want to see more out of him. I also think it helps that he... He didn't get buried at the end of the WWE, but he was also an act that people did want to latch onto in WWE, and they would never 
let them. Yeah. But so I, I want to go into my two favorite moments from this match. Well, there's quite a few, but my first favorite moment is the crowd chanting you sick fuck at John Moxley and him taking a bow. Yeah. And then my absolute favorite, I giggled about this for a day afterwards is when he pulls that first board with all the barbed wire attached to it. And Jim Ross is like, well, I never would have guessed Moxley to be a do-it-yourselfer. Do-it-yourselfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. Uh, that was a good line. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I cringed and squirmed uncomfortably in my seat for most of this match. I thought that I'm not a deathmatch guy, but I thought this was exquisitely violent. I, I, I'm not really a deathmatch guy either. I will watch just about every different type of wrestling. Uh, but I did think this was more smartly done or than you'll see on... I mean, some of the stuff you've seen in deathmatches like on the indie scene, it's just stupid. Yeah. Yes. It's like guys getting paid maybe 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then... And then taking, like, basically permanently scarring themselves or even risking permanent serious injury to do crazy shit, like, with light tubes and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, why? Yeah. But this, I feel, obviously it had a lot of, like, deathmatch spots, but was a little more tame compared to some of the crazy stuff. Yeah. But and it but it made, like, sense. And it, you got over that both of these guys were crazy. Like, Janela... His gimmick is that he's just like a crazy dirtbag. He will do crazy shit like this. And Moxley's gimmick is that he's completely unpredictable, yeah. violent, and potentially insane. Oh, that, that's the oh, other that... thing I forgot that I loved about this match, where Moxley pretty much put a beating on Janela, and he's like standing outside the ring, and uh, Janela flips him the double bird, and Moxley like looks away, and he's like, that motherfucker just flipped me off. <laughs> Yeah. And Jr. immediately apologized yeah. for it because Moxley said it right in front of the camera. But I just love like the absolute indignation that Moxley had over that. Yeah, no, like he was legitimately Here's, offended. Um, what I was going to say is this: okay, the difference between this and the your typical, you know, deathmatch crap. Because I I do not like. I I don't like death matches at all. Nothing. Um, these guys know how to progressively tell a story. A lot of deathmatch guys just go out there and start hitting each other with stuff because they don't know how to do anything else. I know they exist. I've been on shows with them. I had one of them trying to badger the promoter to have a street fight. He, to make his and mine match into a street fight... So that he could do that stuff. And I was like, and the promoter said, what do you think? I said, if he's going to start pulling that stuff out, I'm just going to come unglued and beat the piss out of him. Because there ain't no way in hell I'm letting that happen. They're even and he's like, yeah, we're just going to have a regular match. But they were even smart, like how the the weapons like progressively got more absurd. Yeah, they did a build. Yeah. Like how so. they they had the folding chairs... And then they had the folding chair like wrapped in barbed wire. Yeah. And I like the I like the little touch that Moxley had that they explained on commentary. Like he had the napkins on there 
and they like yeah. pulls them off so you can tell like there's something legitimate going on. You're like, well, why the fuck do you do that? And then Excalibur, I think, was like, oh yeah, he did that to put them under the ring. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, it's from where he was rapping it earlier. I yeah. think he said. Mm-hmm. It's like, I man, the commentary in AEW is so good. And you know, hitting stuff like that, you know, doing what commentary's supposed to do. Now, I will say the the end part, like I really did flinch. So um, they get a oh, they get oh, a they get oh. a bucket out, and I don't know why the announcers are being obtuse here. Like, so if you see a bucket in wrestling, what do you? What's the first thing that you think? If someone takes I, a bucket I get, ring, you, my honest to god first thought. God, I hope there's not thumbtacks in that. Yeah, like, what else are you going to put in a bucket but thumbtacks? Well, two bags of thumbtacks. Um, if Tommy Dreamer, it could be either confetti or vomit. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, But that's a pretty niche case. So he, um, so there's, of course, thumbtacks in the, uh, the bucket. And he puts the thumbtacks in the ring. And then he decides to, um... <clears throat> Take uh, Janela's boots and socks off. Yeah. And another great JR line. Not the socks. <laughs> so um, this ends up with Janela getting atomic dropped into the tax with um, tax all up in like the heels of his feet. And yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, no. Ow. Ow. Yeah. Uh, I completely believe his screams were legitimate when that happened because yeah. he let out some of the most blood curdling screeches. Oh, yeah. And then um, they're calling his double arm DDT the paradigm shift now. So he pretty much hit that match over. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. You're missing a part of this. What? He didn't just do the double arm DDT. He got more tax out, threw him down and then did the lifting double R DDT. Oh yes, the the tax bit. I didn't see the tax yeah. bit until um, until someone like had a Twitter gif of it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, so that's over. And this actually surprised me because I forgot. So he's like the match is over, and then Kenny Omega attacks him. Beat the piss out of him, and too. what I liked here is Kenny Omega kept, like, coming back out to beat the fuck out of him. Yep. And then he takes him on the set, like, puts it, like, smashes him with the drums, and then takes the um, electric guitar, and you're like, oh, that's gimmicked. Then he smacks him with, like, oh, that wasn't gimmicked. That was not gimmicked. And the whole time um, Moxley's getting beat up, there's just thumbtacks in his back. And you can see yeah. where the barbed mm-hmm. wire cut him. So Omega yeah. like puts a real beating on him and they go off air and Moxley is just laughing like an idiot about the yeah. beating he just took. And that probably did more to kind of like, again, sell his character and build things than anything else. Yep. Yeah. Cause he saw not only is he, you know, as the crowd said, a sick fuck, but he enjoyed what happened. He got beat down by Omega perfectly again setting up booking for all out and his reaction is to just laugh about it yeah, yeah. he enjoyed it he liked the beat down because it's it's the violence that he wants like what a great what what great like subtle like building by moxley 
And again, great booking. Like I'm, again, I'm really optimistic about the booking for this. Just the company itself. I mean, I really hope they can maintain it because I think if if they really want to be like the number two promotion, they kind of in many ways already are in America. Mm-hmm. Like this is a good way to go that route. Yeah. Like just have strong booking, good characterization, like logical characterization. And how often do we watch like the WWE and it's like week to week? It doesn't make they sense. Can't even, yeah, they can't even get the characters right. Yeah. You just sit there and you go, Why? Why is this happening? Okay, here, perfect perfect comparison. Just about, let me see. Um, one, two, three, like just about, uh, you know, most things on this show were a continuation on the storyline without it being like, oh, these guys are feuding, now they're going to fight now, and then they're going to fight again next time, and then they're going to fight again next time. As opposed to, hey, Baron Corbin couldn't beat Seth Rollins even with a crooked special ref on his side. So now we're going to put him up against Seth Rollins again. And that crooked ref's going to team with Baron Corbin against the person who beat the crap out of the crooked ref who we've already proven can't hang with Becky Lynch. I'm sorry, what? I don't know. That match makes no sense to me. That that, but that's my point. We've got multiple cases of of progression here, as opposed to like, why are we doing this? But even like the Cody match, like that had a nice little bite sized. Oh, Sean Spears came out and pretty much walloped him with a chair. Okay, he's probably gonna wrestle Sean Spears next. Right. There was progression. Or even the Adam Page thing. Oh, Adam Page won his match, so he's going to fight Sabian at the next show to go into his match with Jericho. Right. Or the, hey, the best friends won on the pre-show. That means they get to have a first-round bye whenever they have a tournament, and they get to talk about that. Oh, hey, guess what? Like, Shima won, so she, and Shima's wrestling Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. So, it you, you know, we had progression in all those cases yep but now i'm not saying to be fair wwe does have some stuff you know vince uh, joe lost the u.s title to ricochet and what's he immediately do he goes after kofi because mm-hmm. of course that's what joe's gonna do joe's not gonna try and get that back he's gonna go go after bigger uh game because he's already he's beaten ray before he doesn't have to prove it He's going to go after something bigger. That makes sense, too. But, you know, there's just... To have a a show that most of it is that kind of progression, you know, it's, it's a big, big change, and it's... I find it far more enjoyable. So let's give our final thoughts. Uh, let's start with you, Matt. What did you think of the show? I wouldn't say that... I, it was as good as Double or Nothing. No, I wouldn't say that but, either. But overall, uh, I would still give this show actually a thumbs up. I thought every match of the of the ones that I watched, like I, again, I didn't see the pre-show stuff, but of the main show, which I'm including the unsanctioned match. So those six matches, uh, 
I think everything was at least good, good to uh, even great. Like I, I actually really love the the elite Lucha Brothers six man tag. Uh, the Kobe Cody uh, Darby Allen match I thought was really compelling. Uh, I liked all the matches. Like again, I would give this a thumbs up. It's not, it's not the best show that they've put on. But it's uh, but I think it is it's good free if you're in the United States, so you can't. It is free, and uh, I mean, I I didn't purchase it, but if I I don't know that I'd pay again. I'm like I'm hesitant to pay pay per view prices anymore because this and not regretted it. Yeah, this was if this was like ten, maybe even like twenty bucks Eh, on like TV, I'd be a little upset, maybe. Well, twenty bucks is like you can just get the DVD. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or a digital download or something like that. But uh, I would have, I would have paid like a, a certain amount for this, not like fifty bucks. But overall, again, like six matches that I saw, nothing less than good. Not like mind blowing, but good. So yeah. uh, thumbs yeah. up. Shad, what do you Shad. think? This was a good show. Um, I'm going to put. Two caveats. Number one, you need to be aware of the context that this is being done in conjunction with a gaming convention. That's going to make a lot of stuff make sense. Number two, if you if you're even remotely queasy, don't watch Moxley Janella. <laughs> yeah, but other it was it was it was good. Like that's that's. Look, uh, Shima, Shima to, to the to the six man. Everything through there was either it's fine. Well, no, I think everything through there I would firmly put in the good category. So guess what? I don't even have to say an it's fine. There's only one match on this card. I think that you could say be like, uh, no, don't think so. But that means that the you know it's a good show. You know, look it up. If you're in the U.S., it's free. That's the best price you can have, and enjoy it. Yeah, I think for me personally, like, and this it wasn't the same after Double or Nothing. I was buzzing about Double or Nothing for like a week after it happened. But mm-hmm. I watched the show. I enjoyed it. But then I woke up the next morning and I was like still buzzing from it. Like I was like, oh, that was fun. Like I want to see the next show. And um, I can't think of the last time I've done that after a WWE show. There's been a lot of takeovers where I've been like, oh, that was really good. Like I really want to watch more NXT. And um, both of the AEW shows so far, I've woken up the next day and been like, hey, I want to see more AEW. I agree with you guys. I thought all of the matches were, at worst, were good. I thought, um, I thought Kobe, Cody, and Darby Allen were was the best match, and um, I'm really excited to see more Darby Allen. But like I said, it was a good show. If you live in the United States, it's free. It's not four hours long. Like you should just check it out. It's, it's worth just your time. Ha- yeah, it's it's fun to watch. And the other thing that needs to be said about this show is. There was an incredible variety. No two matches were quite alike. And there was a little bit of something for everyone. That's a good point. 
Yeah. So, uh, I, I'll just reiterate what you just said, Brad, that I am excited about seeing more AEW. Yep, I am I tr- in for Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, I'm trying to mitigate like my expectations because it's like I don't, uh, one-off shows yeah. well. And I think, I'm sure Fight for the Fallen will probably be, be good. All Out, I'm sure, will be great. Uh, but I want to see what they do with TV because it's it's a lot different than doing like one show a month versus every week you're putting on a I assume they're gonna have like a two hour show yeah that's what I was thinking like fifty two weeks of uh, TV like that's gonna be something different yeah. but I mm-hmm. uh, I'm cautiously very optimistic about the booking so far and how they've been presenting things so I'm I'm looking forward to what they're gonna do in the future and again like if you're a wrestling fan like it's not about like it's not a competition, really, because there are some people who are kind of like getting in that vein already, uh, drawing lines like, "Oh, are you an AEW fan or are you a WWE fan?" It's like, why can't you be both? If you love good wrestling, you want AEW to succeed for two reasons: one, it's more wrestling, yeah, and it makes the entire industry healthier to have this second promotion that's successful and is another option for workers, either the WWE or independent scene. Uh, and two, it's just like it might inspire the WWE to improve things. Yeah. I mean, maybe it already has. I mean, the fact that Vince has hired Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff to kind of take over Raw and SmackDown, take over, quote, air quotes, however much influence they're going to actually have. Hey, yeah, like, we're going to wait. That could be, that. It got, it got, yeah. it got Jinder Mahal some motherfucking money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is a kind of a response to that that Vince understands he needs to kind of correct some things. Like if that's if that's part of the thing, then that's good. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and that's what my thing is. I just I just want to enjoy good wrestling. If that's mm-hmm. New Japan, if that's WWE, if that's NXT, if that's AEW, that's what I'm down for. For me personally, like it gives me a WCW vibe and that's always been my company. So it's kind of exciting for me personally to this point to have something that feels so familiar. And yet isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. You know, I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Because we don't know what's going to happen. I I have to say, like, I've been hopeful since they announced it, but it's been, it has been to this point better than I had, could have possibly hoped for. Yeah. And I actually think, like, I think there's something special. They they have something special, like, if they can keep it going in a positive direction. I'm looking forward to to seeing what, sooner or later, someone's going to fall down and it's not going to be good. And you and and some people are going to just jump all over it. Fine, let but them, I mean, whatever. But anyone's going to do that. Yeah. That's just going to happen. And I'll reiterate what I said for Double or Nothing. This is the first time they're doing this stuff. There's going to be growing pains and warts in the process. Like you have to let them figure yep. that out. And even like yep. the WWE, when it's good, things still go wrong or fall flat. It just happens. Yep, nothing's perfect. Well, guys, thank you for uh, joining me tonight for some AEW talk. 
Uh, we'll probably cover Fight for the Fallen when that happens. I think that's in two weeks. Is it just two weeks? Yeah, it's a pretty quick turnaround. Hmm. So we'll, we'll probably cover that one. We have um, on the regular show, we, we have some other stuff. We're, we're probably going to do a Smoky Mountain show coming up. And we also have the final part of the Mega Powers coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, have a good evening, everyone.